Um, the Get Up and Get Going South Coast. It's time for the Tim Weisberg Show on WBSM. Also streaming live on WBSM.com and on the WBSM app. Talk to Tim now at 508-996-0500 or send him a message or a voicemail through the WBSM app. And now, ready to start your day off with a bang. It's Tim Weisberg. Yeah. I'm going to get to it. Okay, I'm back. This is Jack Spillane filling in for Tim Weisberg, who's having surgery today. Our prayers go out to Tim, and he'll be back early next week. Uh, in the meantime, I've been talking to Richard Wallago, who we have for the rest of the hour, although, Richard, we do have to go to the, the news at the bottom of the hour, so I should tell you that. Sure. And it's commercial okay. radio, so we have commercials. But um, Absolutely. <laughs> we, have, we have plenty more time to talk about, about Mayor and, and Judge Markey. Uh, uh, so, uh, sure. uh do you have, have some other things that you want to want to bring up about that you think are important? Well, yeah, there are several things that are important. When I said that Jack did uh, other things beside the, the uh, historic district, I mean, when you look at the things throughout New Bedford, uh, he oversaw the uh, New Bedford High School, uh, the new one, the new high school. Uh, he helped uh, uh with four elementary schools, Gomes, Pulaski, Hayden McFadden, and Kearney Academy. Um, he was there when the new vocational school was open, and I remember him being very, very proud walking through that school, um, meeting all of the uh, all of the parents and citizens who, who went through the open house. Uh, you know, regional landfill, uh, the, uh, the piers three and four, the steamship coal pocket pier, uh, just all, all kinds of different uh, projects that he was involved with and that he ha- had his team work on. Um, you, it, it, and, but there was, there was also a human side to that, uh, all of that work. Uh, the family mentioned how he, he used to have visitors uh, at his garage for coffee. He did the same thing when he was the mayor. Every Saturday morning, just about every Saturday morning, his office was open, the coffee pot was on, and people, you know, in his administration went by to say hello, sit down and talk sports or politics or what was going on. This happened throughout his uh, term. Wait, wait in a office. minute. Wait a minute. Are you saying the mayor's office was open on Saturday mornings to the public? It was open, uh, more, not necessarily to the public, but to his ad- administration. People knew that their boss was there and they dropped by to say hello on Saturdays uh, on a Saturday morning. If yeah. M4 was out front, he was in there talking to people, having coffee. Wow. So that's, a, that's a tradition that he carried on into retirement, but it made you feel very comfortable working for the man. Cause it was that human side. There was no pressure. There was no, uh, you know, shop talk or anything like that. It was just very casual friendly. You'd meet other people that were working for Jack. You'd have a lot of different conversations. That happened for uh, the time that I was city planner. It probably preceded me. Wow. uh, I mean, I I know all the mayors work on Saturdays to some extent because there there are things that happen and the city council is too, but but, uh, to actually be in the office and, and 
and seeing people oh, yeah. having coffee. It, 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 this was his way with people. I mean, everybody's talked about how he had this way with people. And this was his way with his workers, with the people that worked for him. That's why everybody, we'd go through a wall for Jack because of this personal touch that he had with everybody that worked for him. You know, the, uh, I got to go. It's time to go to the 830 News, Richard, okay. uh, but we'll be back in a few minutes. You bet. Yep. President Biden expected to sign a stopgap spending bill today that will keep the government funded until March 1st. Both parties in the House quickly approved the funding bill Thursday so they could get out of Washington ahead of a severe winter storm. The bill will extend federal funding that's set to expire tonight, averting a partial government shutdown. Over 50 deaths are being blamed on the Arctic cold weather gripping much of the U.S. Tennessee officials say at least 14 people died of weather-related causes during the latest round of winter storms. At least 10 people died in Oregon after ice storms hit the Pacific Northwest. Pennsylvania police say five people were killed this week because of hazardous driving conditions. Former President Trump is urging the Supreme Court to keep him on the GOP ballot in Colorado. He touched on the subject during an exclusive interview with Sean Hannity on Fox News Thursday night. Well, we put on three great justices and you have some other great justices up there and they're not going to take the vote away from the people. The Colorado Supreme Court ruled in December that the insurrection clause in the Constitution's 14th Amendment applied to Trump. His lawyers have filed a brief that documented his position on the subject with oral arguments scheduled for next month. Meanwhile, Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell and other Republicans are signing a brief in support of keeping former President Trump on the Colorado primary ballot. New York officials have identified the remains of a Long Island man killed at the World Trade Center on 9-11. The New York Times says 44-year-old John Niven of Oyster Bay was a senior vice president of an insurance firm on the 105th floor of Tower 2 at the Trade Center. A news release from the mayor office says about 40% of the 9-11 victims remain unidentified to this day. It's about to cost more to send letters in the mail. Michael Kastner reports. The United States Postal Service will increase the cost of a first-class forever U.S. postage stamp from the current 66 cents to 68 cents. Price of domestic postcard stamps will also rise from 51 cents to 53 cents, and stamps for international postcards will go up a nickel to $1.55. The Postal Service says these increases will help provide much needed revenue. I'm Michael Kastner. Japan is hoping to successfully put a lander on the moon today. If successful, the Japan Aerospace Exploration Agency Smart Lander for Investigating Moon, or SLIM, will be the nation's first moon lander. It aims to land on a narrow spot just 100 meters across, an extremely precise zone that's earned it the nickname Moon Sniper. And some of the biggest names in rock will join blues and jazz artists at this year's New Orleans Jazz and Heritage Festival. The Rolling Stones are headlining, joined by other rock legends including Neil Young and Crazy Horse, Earth, Wind and Fire, The Beach Boys, Foo Fighters, Hart, Bonnie Raitt, and George Thorogood. Other big names on the lineup include Chris Stapleton, Queen Latifah, The Killers, Trombone Shorty, and John Batiste. Turning to the South Coast, a 53-year-old man is likely to face drunk driving charges today following a head-on collision 
in Swansea Thursday night. Police say he was driving on the wrong side of the road when he struck another vehicle driven by a 20-year-old. That driver was hospitalized in serious condition. And former New Bedford Mayor John Jack Markey will be laid to rest today with a funeral mass at holy name of the Sacred Heart of Jesus Church on Mount Pleasant Street. He died Sunday. Time now for WBSM Sports brought to you by Sparks Auto in Dartmouth. The Boston Bruins beat the Colorado Avalanche last night 5-2. They host the Montreal Canadiens Saturday night. And the Boston Celtics are home this evening to play the Denver Nuggets. That game at 7.30. Now your Friday forecast with ABC6. Starting our Friday morning with cloudy skies. Temperature in the 20s. It will feel quite cold today, even though winter values not as cold as these past few days. They will remain, however, in the 20s. 30 to 50% chance of snow for this afternoon could eventually leave us up to an inch of accumulation. Around 30 this afternoon, tipping into the teens overnight. Winter values around zero this weekend. Be sure to watch ABC6 for my full seven-day forecast. From the ABC6 Weather Center, I'm meteorologist Cecil Carmen on New Bedford's News Talk Station. 1420 WBSM. I'm Phil Devitt for WBSM News. Stay up to date with New Bedford's news talk station WBSM and get all of our content and breaking news alerts with the WBSM app. All right. Nice job with the news, Phil. You did a good job at the Standard Times and still doing it here. <laughs> uh, this is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light filling in for, for Tim Weisberg. Uh, my guest this hour has been Richard Walliger, former city planner of the city of New Bedford, and also former uh, director of the H- Housing Authority. Uh, Richard, um, there's so many fun... Do you mind if we... Oh, before I forget, do you mind if we take some callers up this last half hour? That's fine. Yeah, but we may, they may have some stories to, to ask you about. Um, uh-huh. I, 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 so if you have a, a good story about Jack Markey, call us at 508-996-0500. I want to ask you about some of the very funny stories. Uh, one about him dropping his pants when the firefighters uh, had this contract <laughs> that he thought was unreasonable. Do you remember that? Do I ever. I wasn't there, but I heard so many things about that from folks around him. It was, uh, it was hilarious. And the, the other thing, the, the check that had his picture uh, on the check, he, he had extra copies of that check blank that he gave out to people in his administration <laughs> as little presents, <laughs> so, mementos. So this was a guy who knew how to work the media because that's a very savvy thing to take a situation where, oh, yeah. you know, yeah, he, he was probably going to lose that arbitration case, and he did lose that arbitration yeah. case, but he wanted to make the point that he thought it was unfair, and he made it in a way that everybody could understand. And it went national. It, those pictures were all, that picture was all <laughs> over the country. That was unbelievable. <laughs> Well, I was glad to learn he wore a bathing suit or, or whatever well, it was yeah. he wore. <laughs> yeah, Carol, as I understand it, was apoplectic. And he said, hey, I had a bathing suit on. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> but I talked to Arthur Karen, who was there. And I said, Arthur, what happened? He said, Richard, I had no idea he was going to do that. He said, when, when he ever started pulling his pants off, my mouth dropped. I didn't know what to expect. But but he made sure the media was there because I, it was before my time yep. at the Standard Times. And but yep. I've been told by people who were there that that they were there and they took the photographs. I think it was Hank Seaman that that took the photograph. And yep. and so those, you know, he he knew what 
he was doing. Another oh. story like that was, um, I guess, when he came in to be mayor, uh, George Rogers, who was the previous mayor, took all the furniture with him. I don't, I don't know exactly why, you know, I, I, poor George is gone, so we can't ask him, but, but I'm not, not sure exactly how that happened. But so instead of buying new furniture at the taxpayer's expense, he had uh, a, a cardboard crate or something uh, installed. Yeah, I saw and that he, picture. <laughs> and he had that picture run too, and he was taking calls yeah. uh, from the cardboard crate. So he was a very savvy guy. Yeah, yeah, he was. He, he knew what he was doing, and he knew how to work the press, as you said, uh, over and over again. Yeah, talking to them about the projects and you know defending his positions and challenging the press also at, at different times to get the story straight, as he would say. Yeah, was there ever a time where where you did something that he was mad at you and you said, "Richard, what what are you doing here? What, what, what's what's going on?" No, I there was one time early on. I don't well, I don't think you know this fellow. Frank Roylands was working for the Standard Times, and he came up to talk to me about something, and. I said something to Frank that I didn't think he was going to print and it ended up in print. And I believe Jack called me down and said, Hey, what happened? And I told him, he says, Richard, you've got to tell the press that it's off the record. If you don't say that, whatever you say is going to be in, in print. That was the only time he never got mad at me. Yeah. I never had a problem with him. You know, I actually had a nice, um, note from Frank Royland um, this week and I... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, and speaking of it's on the record, unless it's off the record, I don't think Frank would mind if I if I read a little bit of it. Um, uh, Please do. Yeah, so th- this is just very interesting and very about New Bedford, but also yes. about Jack um, Markey. Um, I spent many mornings in Markey's office gathering news and gossip. He was great fun for a City Hall reporter. Uh... uh and, uh, well, I'll skip that next part, but the day I left the paper, Marky and I sat down in his office for a final off-the-record chat. Well, maybe I shouldn't have read this. Uh, uh, so he, he talked about something, and all I'll say about it is that that it indicates what an honest man Marky was and some of uh-huh. the dishonest things that go on in politics and, and in New Bedford. Uh, so we had that talk with Frank Roylands about some of the things that were done and how he avoided them. So, that, you know, it's just uh, uh, an amazing thing. Royland said that Maki kept in, in touch with him after um, he went on to work at the Baltimore Sun, which, um, wow. I, you know, that's not you know a common occurrence, I think. I think I can think of a handful of people that I've kept in touch with over my career after, after they've left town or I've left town. So uh, yeah. that, that was the kind of relationships that, that Maki forged. But as, as a mayor, to keep in touch with somebody. And then for Frank, after all these years, this is 42 years since Jack was the mayor. Yeah. Uh, for Frank to write that kind of note is just, it just shows something about, uh, it shows something obviously about Frank, but it shows something about Jack and the way he attracted people and kept friendships because of the kind of guy that he was. Yeah, I, I've been to many, many um, wakes at Saunders Funeral Home, as you might imagine, over the years. And, yeah. and um, <laughs> I can say I've never been to one where the line was longer than last night uh, for, for Jack Markey. And, and as you oh, said, not- this is a guy who's been out of office for 42 years 
and the line was still now he has sons who are in prominent positions in town but mm-hmm. but still uh for, for to be out of office 40 years and to have a line that long it was just a real tribute Jack, I wasn't surprised when you wrote that this morning. I was not surprised. I expected that line to be huge. An hour and a half wait. Uh, uh, And I I was told, I I thought I would avoid it by going very late at 10 minutes of 7 when it was supposed to wrap up at 7. And I was still in line at 8.30. You know, so, so, I I mean, it was, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was something. Uh, I'm I'm, I'm sure there are a lot of great stories uh, exchanged in those lines and with, with the family, uh, there's just the way Jack was just in his family. That's the way his family is. Yeah. It was wonderful. Okay. We're going to go to another commercial break. We'll be, we'll be back in a few minutes. Okay. All right. We're back with, uh, Jack Spillane and my guest, uh, Richard Walliger, a former city planner from the time of, uh, uh, mayor Jack Markey's, uh, mayorship, uh, 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 Richard, would you like to take a few minutes to talk about Ben Baker, too, who also passed this week and, and whom you knew very well? Well, yeah. Ben, uh, I met Ben uh, because back in 1972, there was some reorganization of uh, the city government, and I was assigned to uh, the planning department. I had worked as a housing planner in the Housing 70 Corporation, which was a nonprofit that was designed to encourage uh, low-income housing. I ended up in Ben's office, um, started to work with him. He needed a couple of projects done. Uh, and I, you know, he helped me out. And I, I did those projects, a housing assistance plan and a economic base study. And then I left for graduate school. And when I came back, uh, Ben found out I was in town. He called me and he asked me if I wanted to go back and work for him. And I did um, and that began that that became the beginning of a very long and lasting friendship. He was my mentor, uh, probably the most important person in in my career. Uh, Jack being the second most important. Uh, ben just set me set me straight. And when I became city planner, uh, Ben and I used to go uh, out for beers and whatnot. And we would he would talk to me and give me tremendous advice on uh, my uh, handling of the city planning position. And he was very emphatic about the fact that I had to help the city get federal and state grants. That's the most important thing that you can do in your planning department. We went on and on. Uh, and Ben, when he, uh, when he left for the regional transit authority in 76, uh, he, he told me to, to apply for the job. I didn't get the job the first round, but uh, when the uh, city planner, uh, Richard Gladstone, uh, resigned to go to another position, Ben uh, advocated for me with Jack, and Jack offered me the job. So Ben, uh, very talented, very much uh, in love with New Bedford and the South Coast, and one of the most intelligent people I've ever met. And he did get along greatly with Jack. They liked each other quite a bit and they worked very well together. So to have uh, Ben and Jack as mentors uh, has meant a lot to me. And he and he and his wife, Deb, were also credited with, with paving the way for the restoration of the Zyterian Theater and, 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 oh, and, yeah. and doing a lot a of that. They, they did uh, yeoman work and, and raised a lot of money to help that uh, Zyterian uh, get off the ground. 
And, you know, Jack was involved with that, too. He established the uh, uh, commission that allowed the Z to get state funds uh, through, uh, the, you know, the, the, the legislature. So Jack was involved. Ben was involved. John Bullard was involved. Uh, I, I did, like, my own little thing there. I signed the uh, condominium plan that John Bullard brought to me that got things moving. Uh, so I'm I'm affiliated with the Z somewhere in the uh, halls of the, the registry of deeds. I have a, a signature on a on a uh, on a plant. But th- those those guys were just tremendous. well. It sounds like that there were um, visionary people like Ben and John Bullard, and then there were guys who could make it happen, like Jack Markey. And, and is that the yeah. way it worked? Or? Yeah, I'm, that's pretty much the way it worked. That's yeah. exactly how it worked. And, uh, you know, it's it's funny. Jack was always thought of as a frugal man, but he did a tremendous job in investing those uh, block grant monies and projects that would last for generations. It would have a lasting impact on New Bedford and on its citizens. And uh, it was... Very interesting to to watch that evolution yeah, of, of a mayor. And you, you probably don't know Mayor John Mitchell as, as as well as I do, but I think he's very much um, Marky's um, uh, philosophical heir. He may not have his personality, oh, yeah. but but yeah. he he he's another guy who's big on investing in infrastructure, whether it's the state right. pier or the the wind turbines or the Zaitarian. Uh, you know, there is, I, I think, the biggest pool of federal money in the pandemic relief oh, money yeah. since the time Absolutely. of Jack Markey. And th- <laughs> yes. they're, they're very much yeah. uh, taking the same approach. I couldn't believe how much money. <laughs> that was terrific. Yeah, yeah, there really was a huge and, amount and, of money. Some some might argue um, some of it was not directly related to um, the pandemic, but for cities like New Bedford that have been... Um, really underfinanced by by both the state and federal government for a long time yeah. and have a, had a hard time, you know, re-kickstarting their economies with the mills leaving. Right. Uh, it's, it's, been, it's been badly needed. There's all kinds yeah. of things happening on the waterfront right now. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's amazing. But the, the foundation of all of that was the Markey administration. I mean, he began the process of trying to connect the downtown to the waterfront, and that was John Bullitt's vision. Again, this this vision, and and Jack uh, was able to, uh, you know, accomplish parts of that vision through the uh, block grant program. There was the first waterfront park. There was the uh, pedestrian overpass. Uh, and then he, he he tried to uh, untangle the traffic problems at the foot of Union Street. We did our first draft of that, and that lasted a number of years, and then. Uh, you know, a much more revised version of traffic control now exists, and a lot better version, actually. But the the foundation of a lot of this stuff on the waterfront has to go back to the uh, Markey administration and to Bullard's vision of what should be taking place. All right. I did like, I've got, I did uh, like, Richard, Richard, I got, I've got yeah. one, one last set of commercials I have to play, and then we'll come back to wrap up uh, in, a, in a few minutes. Okay. Okay. You bet. Um, All right, this is Jack Spillane from the New Bedford Light filling in for Tim Weisberg, uh, who will be back Monday. 
best wishes out to Tim with his surgery today. Um, we have about four minutes left uh, before the top of the hour in the news, and we'll wrap up with uh, former city planner Richard Wallach. Uh Richard, uh, do you have some final uh, thoughts about about Mayor Markey and Judge Markey that you'd like to share? Yes, I do. Um, I saw the progression uh, of Jack going from City Hall to the court. Uh, he became, I think, much more uh, uh, concerned about individual people. Uh, and his his uh, two sons have talked about that, how he, he was a fulfilling uh position for him because he could help people one-on-one and I guess he, had, he was legendary in that respect helping people that were down and out helping people that needed a second chance helping people that needed a helping hand uh, and I saw that because I once he left I, I went to the courthouse several times to talk to him and I saw a little change in him he was a, a little more uh, somber about things uh, and I think the the weight of all of these problems and how he had to handle them uh, affected his uh, his outlook. And it was a very Christian outlook. He uh, he practiced his faith in his job. The last thing I want to say, uh, he had a portrait of Charles Ashley in his office. And when I first started, I wasn't sure who that was. I asked his assistant, and she says, oh, no, that's Mayor Charles Ashley. Seems to me that that portrait was sort of a mayoral muse because Charles Ashley was considered the greatest mayor in the city's history. And I'd like to uh, just say that I think Jack Markey is equal to maybe even greater than Charles Ashley as a great mayor for the city of New Bedford. And hopefully someday a mayor will have Jack Markey's portrait hanging there as a beacon or as a muse for their handling of the office of mayor. I, I, I spent a lot of time thinking about Jack this, this uh, last few days, and I've uh, concluded that he could, it's arguably the greatest mayor in New Bedford's history. Well, I, I think you can make a case for that. Uh, uh, I am... Um... You know, I'm not here for all of New Bedford's history, neither were you. Uh, Charles Ashley, right. I know, was the mayor that was the gold standard. He served from the late 19th century to the 1920s, off and on, when New Bedford mayors served a year at a time, when certainly it was much simpler times. Uh, but I know that both uh, Scott Lang and John Mitchell admire uh, Mayor Ashley great, so it's, it's, it's not news to me that, that uh, Jack Markey would have uh, uh, admired him too. Uh, I, I know about the mayors the last half of the 20th century, and you know I, I'm very impressed with a, a lot of them. But certainly, Maki's combination of caring for the the taxpayers, but investing money where it should be invested, and also the way you told me that he backed up his staff, because I think that's an important ingredient of oh, yeah. any, any manager. Yes. Uh, uh, he certainly is competitive for, for that honor, and maybe he, maybe you know, I, I'm not going to argue if, if people say yeah. he was the best. Uh, I think that um, there's a, it, uh, you know, he was not a guy who sought monuments, but they built, um, they named um, the intersection of Union Street and Route 18 right. Jack Markey Plaza with just a small little plaque on a um, island a few years ago. Somehow, this humble man, it seems, it seems a perfect moment.